to I Communicate on Full Service Radio, 830 WCRN. To join the conversation, call 508-871-7000. Now, here's your host, Mark Altman. Good afternoon. Happy post-Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the Mindset Go Radio Show. I'm your host, Mark Altman. Happy to be back here on a Thursday afternoon. And uh, boy, wow, it's, it's, it's a, it's, I feel like, it, Ted, I have to tell you, I feel like it's just, I'm so relaxed this week. I'm, I'm just having a nice, relaxing week. How about yourself? Ah, yes. I'm in a blissful existence of really not caring but loving every moment of it. Well, just the fact that you use the word blissful. I mean, I'm just put a big smile on my face to hear that word. Well, I, uh, I on Christmas Eve in my family's tradition, we have the feast of the seven fishes. So, starting early on uh what was that Tuesday morning, I was cutting fish and more fish. And I was going to morph into a fish if I didn't stop cutting fish. (laughs) So we ended up with nine fish this year. So I'm a little, you know, my arms and my knuckles are a little rubbery from the the painstaking work of making the the pasta, lobster sauce, fra diablo. And we had uh, squid and cod and clams and oysters. All the things that my Jewish friends wouldn't go near. But, you know, it's okay. We we all enjoyed this holiday in our own way. Absolutely. And, and you know, before I, before I, this is a perfect segue, Ted, before I introduce my special guest today, I just want to tell you, you know, as you all know who listen to the show regularly, I'm a big sports fan. And yesterday, I just felt like I hit the, the triple. You know, the, the Celtics won. Uh, the Lakers lost. And, and by the way, you know, I'm one of these people, if, if a Boston team isn't winning, as long as the Yankees, Canadians, or Lakers are losing, I'm happy. Yeah, baby. But then the third part was LeBron completely fell apart at the end of the game and made all kinds of mistakes. So it was just a beautiful day in sports yesterday. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So I have a special guest today. And Ted, boy, you're going to love our topic today. Uh, right. I'm so excited. I was driving here today. I said, I can't wait to tell until Ted hears what we're talking about today. So, my special guest is my youngest son, Cole Altman, 13 years old, 7th grader. Cole, welcome aboard. Thank you. Fun to be here. I feel like I've seen you somewhere before. Same here. So, Cole. Cole is here today. Cole's been on the radio show a few times over the last couple of years, but today I thought he would be a really valuable addition to the show because we're talking about Star Wars, but we have a special angle we're taking in Star Wars today. And uh, I, I am a huge Star Wars guy. Ted, are you a Star Wars guy? Um, the Force is with me wherever I go. Okay, good. Well, that's that's outstanding. So, you know, I walked out of the last Star Wars movie. I really enjoyed it, more so than the last couple I've seen. And something occurred to me, and I don't know why it's taken me so long to realize this, as this is part of what I do and who I am every day. But the whole movie of Star Wars, the whole theme of Star Wars is about emotional intelligence. You know, this whole thing about the Force, you know... This mastering your emotions, not succumbing and giving in to the dark side, like your anger and your hate and your fears and so on and so forth. And it just struck me, wow, there are so many lessons that Star Wars teaches us. And even if you're not a big fan of sci-fi or the Star Wars series itself, uh, it's just so valuable. And so today we're going to talk about, we're going to tie in some of the lessons Star Wars teaches and how it applies to us in the real world, whether it be in the workplace and whether it be at home or in sports and whatever. 
And as you know on the show, this is a show, Mindset Go, and the radio show is about conversational intelligence and how to have more effective conversations with people, emotional intelligence, and uh, bridging the gaps uh, across generations and multi-generational intelligence. So, Cole Altman, I turn to you. I We came out of the movies. We saw it with uh, your sister the other night, and I came out of the movies, and I, I said to the two of you, wow, this this movie is all about emotional intelligence, and you kind of... You kind of acknowledge, like, yeah, kind of, so-so. Like, what are your thoughts? Am I crazy for saying that? Like, what was your perspective on this? Well, when I think, when people think of Star Wars, they do not automatically think to emotional intelligence. They think of fighting in space and stuff like that. So when they think of that, I think it's important to look at the deeper plot messages. And I think that's clear when you really think about it and you have knowledge about that topic. So, Cole, I want to ask you, and Ted, I want to ask the both of you this question. So I'm going to read you... Probably my, uh, there's two quotes I've always loved from Yoda. One is the one everybody knows, do or do not, there is no try. Everybody knows that one. But it's this one that he said, and I, Cole, I want to ta- ask you what this phrase means to you. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. What does that mean to you? Well, when I hear fear leads to anger, I think that means if you're scared of something, you will succumb to something that will make it automatically better, which uh, in the real world usually turns to be bad. So, but but doesn't it really mean it's going to, it's going to, that fear is going to guide you into making a bad decision? Because if you're scared of something, that fear is going to translate into an action of some kind, isn't it? Yes, and this may not relate to Star Wars, but there have been studies that say that when you're in a deep states of fear, that you may your brain may be um, not totally thinking correctly, and you may not make the right decision. Great point, and we're gonna great point, Cole. We're gonna actually talk about it on the show today. So, Cole, can you think of a time, whether it be in school or on when you play baseball or basketball or at home, when you can actually relate to? where you might have been fearful of something that might have led to either anger or bad decisions. Is there anything you can think of? Well, yes. Recently, I uh, tried out for my basketball team, and I uh, got uh, very nervous. And I think uh, maybe in the first tryout, the second and third, I think I got better and succumbed over my fears. But in the first tryout, I was messing up. I got all jittery because of the fear I was having, and I was fear that I would fail. So it's interesting. So do you take, Ted, I want to go to you. When you hear... When you hear that phrase from Yoda, what's interesting is he, he leaves it really blanket, like fear leads to anger. But see, to me, I don't, think, I don't think he's actually saying fear is innately bad. I think he's saying your reaction to fear can be bad or is can often be bad. What are your thoughts? Well, when I hear Yoda speak, I hear the voice of age and wisdom. So when I think about the quote you just gave me, I think of Yoda imparting something that he learned, and that is that fear is the jester and will drag you down and and make you play rather than be serious about the world around us. And Fear itself is probably the thing that drives people to be less than genuine. Well, and I think fear, you know, one of the ways I take it, guys, is when I think of how he says fear leads to anger, 
I think a lot of times we tell ourselves if we're scared to do something or we're scared to face or confront something, I think part of the way we process those feelings is we're, we become angry at ourselves, right? Well, how come I don't know how to do this? Or why am I, or if you have the awareness to know, why am I, why am I uncomfortable doing that? And I think in the Star Wars movies, there were times when the characters, certainly Luke on many occasions, Luke had to face his father and Darth Vader and the fear of having to do that uh, distracted him and demotivated him and that fear led to suffering. Cole? And I think that's where blaming people comes in and not um, just in the adult world, but back to preschool and kindergarten where that if you may be upset that you might get in trouble or something like that, you blame somebody else. You blame somebody else for your problems. That's, that's where anger and fear could come in. That's a great point, Cole. And actually, um, you know, Yoda actually says at one point during the movie, he, one of the movies he says um, in his warped way he says things, he says, Named your, name your fear must be. And what I think is interesting, Cole, especially about what you're saying is that I think with, with when we have fear, there's a tendency to avoid it, ignore it, push it down, suppress it, as opposed to facing it. And I think that if rather than blaming, and Cole, your point, you know, we tend to blame people for our own fears. I think if, we, if we're able to identify the fear, what are we actually scared of? Why are we actually scared of? And actually, how is it holding us back? I think that's the bigger part of the message Yoda is trying to give. Well, Yoda is, uh, in my mind, encouraging us to confront our fear so that we will put it in a place where it's no longer leading us. It is what it is, a distraction. Fear is a distraction. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when you talk about one of the central tenets of emotional intelligence is self-awareness and how it, you know, one of the ways, the areas I see it tying into Star Wars is, you know, Think about what a self-awareness is. It's understanding what you are, um, where you are, where you come from, what you do. So, Cole, when you use the basketball example, trying out for that eighth grade team, I mean, you're going against older kids who many of whom you don't even know, you haven't met them or seen their game. So already you feel like you're a step behind because you're one of the younger players. At a disadvantage. At a disadvantage. So there could be a fear that says, geez, am I going to really make the team? You know, what if I mess up? Because I'm at a disadvantage, if I mess up, I could really struggle. And you said yourself after the first tryout, you felt like you, if I'm remembering this correctly, you felt like you made some mistakes kind of out of fear and out of worry about messing up, correct? Yes, and um, I think it relates back to Wayne, Gretzky, great Wayne Gretzky's statement saying that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So if you're, if you're scared to do something and you end up don't doing it, you'll forever live with the fear that something good could have come out of it. Agreed. You know, it, one, of, one of the things about mindfulness is that it relates closely to self-hypnosis. And if you can, in your daily activities, focus on the things that are important and let the things that are part of fear go by you, you're going to have that much stronger a grasp on the trigger, so to speak. Remember? Shut down your targeting computer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a great yeah, that's a great one. Pew pew. So so Cole, I, I wanna ask you, you know, um and I'd like to talk for a couple of minutes uh 
And I know we have only a few minutes before break, but I want to talk about the concept of the dark side. And so what is, and I'm not talking about Star Wars anymore. What's, what's your dark side? You know, when, when you're behaving in a way that you feel like you're succumbing to a different, not being the person who you want to be, what happens to you? Can you identify when you are in the dark side or you act that way? Well, on the dark side, I think it's when I'm around people who aren't influencing me well, when I can notice that if I'm ever, because I know I'm a nice person and I don't like to see people suffering or in that sort, and I can notice that I'm uh, on my dark side when I'm making fun of other people. So if I ever do that, I stop myself and I'm like, cold. this isn't actually, you're, you're just being influenced by the people around you, even though it's not their fault, you just need to stop. So I stop and think, and I just get away from that situation. Well, but I think it goes a step further. I think you do do that, and I think you do a great job of it, no bias. Uh, but I also think you also, something else has been a core value for you since you've been a little kid, is when people are hurting other people, yes, you'll take yourself out of a situation so you're not around it, but you also, we've seen you step into situations when other people are, quote unquote, succumbing to the dark side or not behaving well, you know, that's a that's a big risk for you because you could get judged or mocked for, you know, we're just having fun, Cole, or how come we can't? So why are you okay doing that? Why have you been okay doing that? Because I know if you get mocked for it, the, what's the worst they could say? You were trying to help somebody and you, and it was just a joke. Like, I've learned in my years of school and my years of social interactions that if somebody says it's just a joke, it it lo- looks bad to the other person because it looks like it wasn't a joke, obviously, depending on what the situation was. But um, it just makes the other person look very bad because they don't want that to happen to them. So, you know, I, I, find, uh, I find my dark side is I can articulate in a very simple way. My dark side is when I react instead of respond and when I don't pause. And when we come back from, from the break, we're going to talk about how to really identify when you're, when you're succumbing to the dark side, what that actually means, what you can do about it when we come back. And so I'm Mark Altman for the Mindset Go radio show with my guest Cole Altman. We'll be back after the break. Communicate continues on Full Service Radio, 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your host, Mark Altman. All right, welcome back to the Mindset Go Radio Show, and I've been told we have a caller, so uh, welcome, caller. Mr. Altman. Matt Filmo, long time, first time. Uh, Matt, great to have you on the show. Thanks for calling in. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I, I've enjoyed the show greatly. Cole, I think you're doing a fantastic job. I actually had... Um, just a little something to add. Um, you're talking, you were talking about fear. I got, I got cut off for about a minute, so I'm not quite sure where it ended up, but I just kind of want to add to my two cents about fear and tackling it. You know, I personally believe a little bit of fear is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's human nature. We have fear of the unknown, um, and, and unknown, the unknown and tackling the unknown, leads us to, you know, I guess broaden our horizon, things like, you know, it, it, a little bit of being uncomfortable. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, I think that's, 
that kind of ties in with the star, you know, everybody, you know, Star Wars puts it in, you know, sort of a violence or, you know, you know, fear for your life sort of thing. But I think in the real world and tying to your point, Mark, of the emotional intelligence of, you know, broadening ourselves, growing mentally, growing spiritually, um, these things all are the unknown. Um, in, in, you know, if, if we just stick to just what we know, we, I, I think we really limit ourselves. Man, I think it's a great point. I guess the question I have for you is, is I think you're spot on. I mean, I think it's so important, and fear of the unknown is probably my biggest fear, frankly. And, you know, being uncomfortable, and, and, and I call it the discomfort zone, um, yeah. it's so critical. So I guess my question for you, Matt, is when you've been in a position where you've identified certain fears you've had that may have guided decisions in your life, how do you? How are you able to move forward and tackle those fears and get outside your comfort zone? What What have you been able to do? Well, well so as and I guess this applies more to my current life as to you know as maybe my as opposed to my past is is the the more I've matured and become more comfortable with myself, I think what will happen if I do nothing if I just accept the status quo. Uh, what what can happen if I make this leap? If I do whatever, you know, need a you know, go to this meeting, meet a new person, take a new job, et cetera, et cetera. And you think, you know, hey, what's the worst can happen? What's the best that can happen? And and, and you know, so and so and and if I do nothing, am I happy with this? Am I satisfied with this? Uh, I, I think those are, for me personally, I kind of break it down methodically. Now, the older I get, well, now, when I was younger, much younger, it was much more of an impulse-based decision-making process. It's, you know, what do I want to do now? And, you know, frankly, it was, you know, what's the easiest thing to do? And most, more, more times than not, the easiest thing to do is to do nothing. Um, you know, as long as, as long as you're not on a cliff, the easiest thing to do is just do nothing and be happy with where you are, your station in life. Well, um, go ahead. No, sorry, continue. No, no, go ahead. No. Uh, you know, and, and I think, for me at least, personally, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but for me, it's, it's, I like to break it down and say, hey, you know, what's, what can happen if I do this? If I do, these are my three choices, A, B, or C. I can do not, you know, it's a, you know, I can do nothing. I can do this, or I can go backwards. And, you know, it's, for me, that's how I kind of like to look at what's the worst can happen and, and think of the, the possibilities. And, and, you know, as truth be told, most of us in our daily lives, we're not coming across life or death decisions. It's decisions that we can go one way or another in our life. Yeah, so I think there's a, you raised a lot of good points, Matt, there. First of all, I think one of the things that needs to be said is you know, when the, the, the phrase I read earlier in the show or the quote from Yoda, fear is the path to the dark side, what I really think he means ultimately is I think he means acting on your fear is the path to the dark side. Because I don't, yeah. I, I don't think he sees fear as bad. Now, um, you're t- you, you brought up two points, Matt, that I think are so critical. And one is taking a path. And, and I think that's what Yoda's point was of taking an easy path. I mean, Luke could have avoided, you know, dueling with his father. Father, We've seen it with uh, uh, Daisy Ridley's character, Ray in the the last Star Wars about facing the Emperor. And so I think ultimately not taking the easy path, not letting fear, and in this case, Matt, to your point, I think the dark side is often the easier path, you know, and that... 
Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I I would agree up there and. And just uh, just for 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 uh, disclosure, I've yet to see the last one yet, so I may not understand all this. But but yeah, I agree. Uh, a lot of times, the dark side is the easy way. Just just succumbing to your fears, and, and a lot of times, fear just causes inaction. Agreed. Um, you know, and I, and I would say a, a a little bit of fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, I'm not talking I, I'm not talking fear for your life. But just a little, just a tiny bit of fear as a motivator. I don't, I don't, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and Matt, thanks for the call. Please call again. Really enjoyed having you on the show, and uh, happy holidays to you. Thanks for the call. You too, you too, guys. Thanks for the show. Keep up the good work. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and I think you know, I think another critical point that Matt made on that call, and it's something I don't think we 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 process enough is a lot of these decisions that are based around fear. Because of how we process them and because of how we internalize them, we make them into life and death decisions. We make them into decisions that uh, mean more than they do. And I think the ability to get out of your comfort zone and to be able to do something that can teach you a lesson, that can have you experience failure and learn from the mistakes. And, you know, Cole, your, your example earlier in the show about trying out for that basketball team well, you didn't make it, but what what were your takeaways? You know, the fact that you were able to try out, get out of your comfort zone, what did you learn from that? My takeaway was that um, even though that my bas- I did not make the basketball team, that fear, it controls your mind. Fear, if you let it get to you, it can control what you do because I think that's where also the fear of unknown comes in if you're going to make the team, if you're not going to make the team. I think it comes into the show business where – Oh, is that guy gonna pop out of the wall? Is he gonna scare scare you, scare you, or something like that? So I think that I took from that. Um, I cannot let that take over my mind because it will affect my outcome. Okay, so the dark side. Great point, Cole. So the the dark side. You know, as we head into our next break, just some thoughts on on the dark side. I want you to be thinking about this during the commercial. Is that the dark side, we all attribute the dark side to when we don't act the way, whether it's where we have evil intentions. A lot of people see the dark side as having its thoughts. It's not even your actions. It's the thoughts you have. It's evil or malicious thoughts, which frankly are very human, uh, very normal for human beings to have those thoughts. But we, we often are ashamed of the thoughts. So the dark side might be acting a certain way. It could be thinking a certain way. It could be how you react to someone instead of respond so the question is, Star Wars makes it seem like the dark side will be permanent. So if Luke gives in to his hate and anger to Darth Vader and to the Emperor, then once he does that and his hand turns he has the black glove and he can't turn back. Like once you're there and not turn back. And I don't I don't believe that about the dark side. I believe anybody can change if they actually want to change and if they're motivated to change. So when we come back from our first break, Cole has a thought on that. We're going to let him... Uh, discuss that. But otherwise, let's discuss the permanence or the temporary nature of the dark side and what causes us to get there. This is Mark Altman for the Mindset Go Radio Show. We'll be right back. Communicate continues on full service radio, 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your host, Mark Altman. 
Okay, welcome back to the Mindset Go Radio Show. I'm your host, Mark Altman, uh, here with my guest, Cole Altman. Uh, and um, if you'd like to call into the show, we always love to have callers, 508-871-7000. And uh, if, you're, if you're ever uh, at your office and transitioning from the car, it's tunein.com where you can access the show. So, Cole, I was talking before the break about how the dark side, we talked about a few concepts, whether it's permanent or temporary, how it represents what you're thinking, what you might say, how you'll act, and you had a thought. Well, I thought that um, if people are getting conformed to the dark side, I don't think that uh, if they are conforming to the dark side, they're not doing anything to change that. So I think that's where Yoda and Luke Skywalker did a very good job of holding back from fighting all these. Well, they did fight the Sith, but coming to that side and seeing the advantages of being on that side and staying away from their anger, even though they had so much to be angry about. Cole, that's a really interesting thought because if I heard you correctly, you said they're not conforming to change it. Do you mean that it takes effort if you don't want to be on the dark side? If if you're, it's about making the effort to not succumbing to the dark side. Yeah, in the real world, world, it's so easy to just be mean to people and demean people every single day. So you have to work in all the negativity going around the world today with impeachment and all that. That we need to. Uh, stay positive in what's going on in our world today. Little does Cole know, Ted, we don't touch politics with a 10-foot pole on this show. Oh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> so, but, but, but Cole, I want to ask you a really tough question because in theory, I think you're right. But, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking about how people are influenced, how their behavior is influenced. And, uh, you know, behavior so often is influenced by our family culture, how we grow up. Were we growing up around people who might not have been emotionally intelligent themselves, maybe weren't all that empathetic, weren't all that self-aware, didn't really know how to control their emotions? And based on the culture we grew up in a family, based on the corporate culture we, we have in the workplace, uh, it's difficult. So is it all that – like is it, I, what happens if someone doesn't actually have the tools or skills to, know, to not know how to succumb to the dark side? How do you feel about that? Well, I think in our world, different than the galaxy far, far away, but in our world that we need to, that's where I think Mindset Go comes in, where we need to, we have to have the tools to um, to fix these problems where people are having trouble communicating and making the wrong, saying the wrong things in the heat of the moment, if that's what I was trying to say. And Cole, you just got a huge bump in your allowance for giving a plug to Mindset Go. I mean, if we I can't, only got one. Yeah. <laughs> All right now. Now, now. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was good, Cole. Really good stuff. Uh, uh, so, 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 Cole, I think you're right. And I, I think, I, I guess what I, I want our audience to think about is, I think when we get in situations with people that frustrate us or hurt us or disappoint us or anger us, there's a part of us who, part of, I mean, I can speak for myself. There's a part of me who, who says, who walks away sometimes like, why would you act that way? You know, wh- why would your thought process be that way? And the, the, the key here is this is not a black and white thing, right? I don't, I don't like to discern and say there's always one way to think about it or do it or process it. But I will say that I do give more thought than ever to understand people's culture, family, corporate, uh, educational, to know how they react and respond to situations because not everybody has it. Hey, can I chime in? Please, Ted. Uh, Cole, you've heard of tough love, right? Of course. Well, back in my day, we had these black and white characters. We called them nuns. And they would tell you to your face, like 
maybe an inch from your face, that if you succumb to your bad feelings, you're only going to spend the rest of your day cleaning up your mess. So you can start off with a nice clean slate, which meant something different back then. I'll have to explain that off air. Or you can fill it all in with all sorts of junk and have to clean it up later. So make your choice. And that's really what it's about. And I think that's what your dad has been on about. You got to make the right choice. And I, you know, you know how I never agree. With, I never disagree with you, Mark. But when you do make the choice to go down the dark side street, you can't always pull it all back. Mm. You're going to end up with that leather black glove for the rest of your life. You're going to end up with that <clears throat> weak knee because you thought you could get around the guy with the ball and not have the referee see your bad move. I, I, you know, There's many, many other examples I can give you, but your dad is right. You can come back. Well, you can always come back, but you have to accept the conditions of the decisions you had made previously. Well, Ted, I got to tell you, I think that's, I'm going to use the word profound because I think the point you just made, I mean, hell, we could do five shows about that because it's such a great topic and it's true. And I, and, and I think I want to discuss two concepts around what Ted says. So I was talking about permanent or temporary and Ted took it towards a much better level, which is there's a middle, right? So sometimes even if you go to that dark side temporarily to come back from your decisions to know what the consequences are because, look, here's one of the problems when people struggle to change habits or behaviors. The reason why is because they've been doing it for so long. And once the precedents are set and once the patterns are established, so, for example, and, and humor me, you know, for example, if uh, driving with your cell phone, okay, a lot of people would say driving, driving well on your cell phone and texting and using your cell phone that you could argue that's dark side behavior. You know, you're putting other people at risk. This is why the new law has been passed. So my point being that if I drive and use my cell phone when I drive, and then all of a sudden I say, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I'm starting to realize all the risks associated with it. And I want to come off the dark side behavior. It's not easy to do because I've been doing that behavior for a long time. So when I think about what Ted said, I think there's three pieces to it. When you go to the dark side temporarily, one, you're ingraining habits that can be hard to change. Two, you're setting precedents that can be hard to realize and identify at the time you're doing it. And three, how do you pull yourself out of it? Because emotional intelligence talks and says, do you have the self-awareness to understand that you are actually on the dark, dark side? Cole, what are your thoughts? Well, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that if you make a bad decision and it causes a consequence, that you can't just say, I'm not going to deal with the things that will help me get better. You ha If you make that bad decision, there's going to be things that you don't want to do that are going to help you get better. Yeah, well, I, I think that's true. I think you, you heard me uh, well. I, I think the challenge, though, is it's just, again, you'd have to define, each individual has to define what their dark side is. 
you know, when you feel like you've made a bad decision, you've acted poorly, whatever. And it's one thing to temporarily go to the dark side. It's another thing to know the consequences and ramifications that that behavior has. Because even if you said, hey, next time, so let's say, Cole, you were playing on a sports team with someone and this, the guy made a big mistake and you yelled at him and said, I can't believe you did that. So that's not who you want to be. And in that moment, you acted that way. And you can come away from that experience and you could have the recognition, wait a minute, I didn't want to react that way, which is great if you had that self-awareness. Or an adult could tell you, Cole, that's not what you should be doing. But the kid who got affected by what you said, there's still consequences and effects of that. So even if the dark side is temporary, there are still consequences you have to live with. Yeah, and I also think there's generalities when it comes to people, people's dark side, if you may. But um, I think there's also people have different values in today's world where there's different things people care about more and others. Like if people care about being nice to other people, that could be one of their values that they may have to do things to solve if they're ever being mean to somebody or so on and so on. Well, Cole, I think that was absolutely brilliant because I think that, Ted, you know, to me, we all have to define our own dark side and val your own values are a huge part in that. Agreed? Yeah. Whatever standards you impose on yourself yes. are going to be those things by which you drive your judgment of others as well. Yes. So I think that's an awesome point, Cole. And so, you know, I think when it comes to the dark side, I think as we go on, I want to I want to take a couple of minutes to really quickly explain, you know, I don't, when I do a lot of training for companies and coaching, I don't go a lot into the scientific nature of why we behave the way they do, but I want to take a minute or two today and talk about the, the limbic brain and the cerebral cortex, Ted. How about that? Oh, well, it's the seat of all knowledge. Right? Bill Nye, the science guy. And, brains, right. and so the limbic brain is responsible for the creation of our emotions and, and, and the things we remember, to put it simply, Okay. And the court, cerebral cortex is the role in our awareness and the regulation of those emotions. So think about that for a second, Cole. So you've got two pieces, two pieces working together. One part of your brain is creating the emotions and the memories. The other part of the brain is the awareness and control of those emotions and memories. Make sense? Yeah. So they have to work together because if one side starts to dominate the other, that's when an imbalance happens and perhaps creates lack of control, lack of self-awareness, succumbing to the dark side, so to speak. So the, the synchronicity, the synchronization of those two sides are what creates good decisions and making good choices. Okay? Combination for good and bad. That's right. And so the force that we so much hear about in Star Wars is really, in my mind, associated with a, a calmness, an even-keeled nature that's used for knowledge and defense, right? So we use the force. So Cole, think about it. In the, in the movies, when Cole is asked to use the force in certain situations, what do we see on the screen? His eyes close and a sense of almost mindfulness, meditation, calmness comes over him. So basically what we're saying is that ability to stop, and you said it earlier, Cole, the ability to stop, Ted talks about it all the time, the ability to be mindful, stop, be mindful, reflect on what's actually going on in that moment. Use that knowledge to guide your decisions. Guys, I think that's what the force is. Well, whenever during any of the six Star Wars I've watched, whenever the force is described, 
by a major character to another major character, the first word out of their mouth is balance. And without the balance, then we cannot have this harmony. And the harmony is what keeps us from falling down the dark side. Well, and, and, that, that, and, and you know, Ted, what's really interesting about that is balance is such a critical word here. And, and frankly, a lot of the wellness work we do with companies, we use to talk about that balance word. It's so critical. Work-life balance, body-mind balance. It's the same. But what's interesting, Cole, think about this for a minute, okay? Think about what we just said about the creation of emotions and memory and the regulations of those memories. So think about a situation you've experienced where maybe you went out on a limb, where you went out on a limb, had the confidence to address a problem with another human being, and think of how that went. So when we come back, this is what we're going to have Cole talk about that. I want you to think about an experience where you had the emotional intelligence to address a certain situation the right way, but it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And we're going to talk about how that affects the force, your force. This is Mark Altman for the Mindset Go Radio Show. Thank you again for joining us. We'll be back for one more segment. Communicate continues on Full Service Radio, 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your host, Mark Altman. Okay, welcome back to our final segment of the Mindset Go Radio Show. Cole, uh, so we were talking about uh, a decision you made that you had the confidence to do and uh, to share the decision and what the result of that decision was. Well, um, I had a situation with a coach once where uh, I had a bad practice and I wanted to go up to him and say, uh, what could I have done better, coach? And he kind of brushed me off. And I was upset, but I kind of took it for granted where I think that I might not always get the answer that I wanted, but then I know that they might not be on the same page as I am. Okay, so so here's the key, everybody. This is the point I want to make. The point is that when you talk about the limbic brain and the cerebral cortex working together, so the limbic brain creates the emotions and the memories. The cerebral cortex is the awareness and regulation of those emotions. And here's what happens to so many people in the world. They decide to do something, get out of their comfort zone, take a chance, whether it's public speaking or being assertive or some kind of situation. And then the outcome of their actions doesn't go the way they thought or expected. And so they say, see, this is why I don't do that or... I didn't get the outcome I achieved. And what happens is we form that memory, right? We remember the emotion of feeling disappointed, rejected, unhappy. And when we form that memory, the next time a situation comes up again, Cole, if the limbic brain dominates and that memory comes up of, yeah, I should ask my coach if I'm doing okay, but the last time didn't really go well and I got rejected. If the limbic brain doesn't work in harmony with the cerebral cortex, then then you're not going to make a good decision of whether you do that again. So does that make sense on why both have to work together so succinctly? Yeah. Okay. Okay, we have another caller. Uh, Jen, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Well, hello there. So uh, did you have any questions for myself or Cole, Jen? Well, I wanted to know if Cole had any questions for me. Regarding emotional intelligence? Yes. 
Well, uh, Mom, I just want to... <laughs> he gave it away. Sorry. Uh, um, well, uh, Jen, um, what's your definition of emotional intelligence? What is my definition? I think my definition of emotional intelligence personally has been reactivity. Learning how to not react uh, in a moment. So you get an email and somebody really makes you mad. You shoot back an email real quick and you press send and then a day later you're like, why did I send that email? So it's being able to take a step back, maybe write an email and then delete it or write it out on paper and then put it away or even just taking two hours to think about what they said before you react. And it's hard to do. Well, I think that's a great definition. Uh, and I just want to know, um, can you provide an example or two in your life where emotional intelligence has really played a big part in a moment that has solved a problem for you? Well, I don't know if I want to give out exact circumstances, but, you know, your father and I are divorced and co-parenting and Sometimes there are times where you just get so angry and you want to react in a negative way or say something either to each other or to you about it, and which is the worst thing to do in the world. So you have to take a step back and either not respond to the text or not call, um, you know, maybe shut off the phone, but... Those would be my biggest challenges. So, Jen, better. So, Jen, I have I have an important question for you. I think it's really important for everybody. Uh, you know, it's when you when we all work on being emotionally intelligent. There could be a, over the course of a week, there could be multiple opportunities, whether it's with coworkers, family, exes, whoever, with the multiple people involved in your life. There could be multiple opportunities to use emotional intelligence. How do you evaluate, you know, let's say I'm making this up to make a point. If you have 10 opportunities over the course of a week and you're able to be emotionally intelligent in six of those 10, how do you evaluate? Are you able to be easy on yourself and say, well, you know, I wasn't emotionally intelligent in every situation, but I'm getting better. Like, what's your thought process around that? Well, I think you can only control what you can control. So if you're wasting energy getting reactive or upset about something that you have zero control over then that's not exercising good emotional intelligence because you're just wasting um, or exhibiting uh, um, stress and worry about something. You know, at work, I might I work with patients and I rely on other nurses and doctors to do their job so I can do mine. And when their job isn't done, then, you know, that's frustrating, but I don't have control over everything. So... I guess it would be looking, if I have 10 scenarios, it's what can, I, what can I take care of at this moment? Or what can I fix? If I can't fix it, then what's the point? Well, Jen, I actually think that's a great answer because what you're saying is instead of looking at it as a more of a scorecard, you're saying, if, I, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying, look, I'm viewing it as if, if, the, if, if it's a situation I can be in control of, of my behavior and my emotional intelligence – then I'm expecting, hoping that I behave the way I want. But if it's out of my control, then all bets are off. Exactly. Okay, interesting. Cole? Is there uh, anything we've been talking about today that you felt like you've related to, relating to Star Wars, that, like, I know you may not not be uh, totally into Star Wars movies, but hearing about Yoda and Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, is there anything you can relate to in your daily life? Well, it's funny that you asked that question, buddy, because 
I, I mean, I don't want to make something up, but I've only been listening in and out because I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been with patients, and I and I just tuned in about ten minutes ago, so I don't want to say. So I can't answer that well, question. Okay. Well, Jen, well, first of all, before we let you go, thank you for calling in. And also, thank you for your honesty because I think that, you know, that's a great core value. And I'm sure Cole really learns a lot from that. So thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Well, I want to bring up one more thing. Oh, by all means. So I think that having good emotional intelligence, I think the whole world revolves back to these five uh, what are they, the five languages? Yep. I hate to call them love languages because I think they're really five languages of how people communicate and what's important to them. And I think that if you know if the person you're dealing with and you're trying to have emotional intelligence when it comes to a person is knowing their language for communication. I think that's really important to know how they perceive communication and um, and how they take feedback um, because if you just approach somebody the wrong way, then not well, it's it's interesting what Jen's talking about because for those of you who aren't familiar with love languages, um, there's really what they're actually typically referred to, although I love the context and the way Jen used them, but what they're typically associated with is um, how to connect with another human being. So for instance, the five love languages, and we, we've done little bits of this in the past, and I actually incorporate this into a lot of the corporate training I do, which raises eyebrows with people because how are you doing love languages in corporate training? But just to be succinct, the love languages are words of affirmation, physical touch, uh, acts of service, uh, quality time, and what's the receiving gifts? And receiving gifts. And what's interesting when you talk about Jen, the five languages of communication, to me, it's a, it's such a higher level because it may be how does someone want to receive feedback? Right. Um, how does someone want to be appreciated? Uh, right. And recognize so um, so good good concepts, Jen. Certainly something we can talk about on future shows. But again, thank you very much for calling in. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Bye, Cole. Bye. So, what's interesting about love languages is it, and, and I'm and I'm going to end the show with this, Cole. Before I before I wrap up the show today, you had some final thoughts. Yeah, and I think uh, relating back to our uh, to our previous caller that um, uh, that none of the love languages are wrong. That some may be different than others, and some may be different values that, to other parents, but n- none of the five are incorrect. Like, everyone can have their own love language, and I think that's why they're all established in that. Well, that's just it. That's the point, Cole, is that love languages aren't intended to be wrong or right. They're just intended to be different. And I think one of what's interesting, what I find the most fascinating thing about the concept of languages of communication, love languages, call them whatever you want, is that we are taught to do unto others as you'd have done to yourself. And the love languages is the exact opposite. The love languages say, hey, listen, if you like to get a pat on the back for every good thing you do at work, that doesn't mean give a pat on the back to everything everybody else does at work because they might not want that or need that. So it's the ability to recognize the things you need and want to be happy and then explore, understand, and be curious to the things other people want to be happy. And that's what the love languages are. Like, what is it that makes other people tick, makes them happy, makes them feel wanted and needed? And so I think it's a great topic. And so, you know, really want to thank thank our guest, Cole Altman, for being here today. Thanks a lot, Cole. Thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. And I want to talk, want to end up by saying I also thank our audience for this year being really supportive of the show. I've received emails and letters and calls of people saying how much they enjoy the show, which means a lot. We love doing this. Uh, so much of a thank you to WCRN. 
um, for giving me this platform to support and help others and lift people up. Ted, you're, you've been a good friend and a, and a great asset to the show. I um, so appreciate you. Well, it's a great honor to be involved in the show. Yeah, and uh, so everybody keep listening to the show. Keep supporting WCRN and the wonderful things they're doing to put uh, great shows on the air. And otherwise, uh, wish you all a happy new year and look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Mark Altman for the Mindset Go Radio Show. You've been listening to I Communicate with your host, Mark Altman. Join us again each week at this time on Full Service Radio, WCRN.